0: Well, good evening. We're going to stay in the book of Proverbs this evening, and um, we've been reading through Proverbs. just a, an incredible book. One of the, the things that a, a person, um, I don't remember if it was Don Whitney or not, somebody that, you know, godly person one time told me that he reads through the book of Proverbs once a month. And so he, uh, he reads one proverb every day, and that particular proverb coincides with the day of the month and, and as a result you know he reads the book of proverbs 12 times a year and, and just the incredible impact that that has had on his life and uh, and the recall of those really short almost pithy sayings of solomon and how they really began to shape and inform the way that you understand life the way, uh, way you understand reality and so uh, anyway when we look at the book of proverbs it's just a very it's unusual because it's different than almost every book in the Bible, right? So I mean, it's it's not like normal poetry. Um, it's it's a different kind of poetry because there seems to be at some level some some statements made that many times people will will claim as promises uh, when an actual an uh, actuality they're not really promises. A proverb isn't a promise. I mean, we we think about those um, those proverbs that we've heard. You know, train a child in the way that he should go, and when he's old, he won't depart from it. Um, and lots of times, parents, you know, they see their kid, you know. Uh, beeline in for all kinds of immoral behavior in college, or they go off the deep end and they decide to leave the faith entirely, and they, you know, pursue the world as fast and as, as hard as they can all of their adult years, and and yet their their parents are looking back and holding on to that, that proverb, train a child in the way that he should go, when he's old he won't depart from it, and they're saying, we train him up the way that he should go, you know, God's going God's to gonna do something, he's going to bring him back. You know, it's a promise. God made a promise to me. Well, the reality is that's not a promise. Um, it's not a promise that we find in Scripture. Um, it's a truth. Uh, it's a general truth um, that in many, most cases actually comes to pass. But it's not a promise. Uh, a proverb is simply wisdom on display for us. So, is it good to train our children the way that they should go? Of course. You know, we ought to train our children the way that they should go. Um, is it generally true? that when you train a child in the way of Scripture and knowing Christ and hearing the gospel, that they're going to be drawn by the Spirit at work through his own word in that, in that person's life? Yes, that is generally the way that things happen. Um, we find wisdom in, in the book of Proverbs. Now, when you talk about wisdom, wisdom is something that uh, oftentimes we, we mistake as well. Wisdom, when we think about wisdom, what do, what do you think about? Someone who says that is a wise person." What, what kind of pops in your head? It's not a rhetorical question. Smart. smart. yeah. Yeah, like Bill Gates, right? They learn, from they learn from experience. OK? What else? Yeah, they plan ahead, kind of always thinking. that's like a chess player or something, right? Somebody who's always got like 16 moves ahead of you and it's impossible to beat them. Right. What else? I usually think of someone who's, who's older right someone who's who's experienced life maybe who's somebody who has an incredible beard right i mean you just think of these kinds of these images kind of pop in your head Well, what is wisdom well when we think about wisdom most of the time we drift into intellect and that's usually what we think of as wisdom now is it is it just intellect you know that you could know the you know all of the many numbers that come behind 3.14 in pi is that wisdom hmm. Or is it, you know, sitting on the front porch with an older person down in the south having a cup of iced tea, at sweet tea, mind you, and they're telling you all kinds of pithy things about how you need to live your life? Is that wisdom? Eh, right? So, so there's, there's, there's an important thing that we need to understand in regards to wisdom. What is it? Well, wisdom in the Scripture, Solomon uses the word hokmah, And the word chokmah um, really carries this idea. It's a, it's a dual... Um, reality. It's, It's both knowing and doing. It's not just one or the other. It's not just always doing the right things, right? But it's also just not always knowing the right things. It's taking what you know and actually living what you know out in your life. That's wisdom. So it's not just the smart people that get the wisdom card. It's not just the people that are doing the right things all the time. Morals, right? It's not just them. They don't smoke, they don't drink, they you know, don't do any of those kinds of things. It's not them, right? The person who lives according to their own strict code. It's not them, but it's the person who knows what God says in His Word, who is immersing themselves in the Word of Christ, but then is also living that life out. Um, this is what we find wisdom to me. Now, when we've come to Proverbs... Solomon is, is talking a lot about wisdom. He's just really basically writing a manual of sorts that he's passing on to his sons. He's saying to his sons, these are the things that I've learned in my life. These are the things that I have understood. These are the things that the Lord has taught me. And now I'm giving them to you so that you can go knowing what God has said and also then applying that truth in wisdom. So that's what he's doing. Now, I want us to turn to Proverbs chapter 3. Now, I want us to focus in on this text. Now, this is probably, if there's one verse in the book of Proverbs, uh, maybe even one verse in the Old Testament, that most of the time we feel like we have a good grasp on is Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, right? Trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding, in all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your paths like most of us maybe we have that even memorized right It's tattooed on the back of our eyelids we we know proverbs 3 5 and 6 but i want us to pull back just a little bit and i think that that solomon is saying two really important things here in regards to the wisdom that he's trying to explain to his sons and i think we catch that in verses one down to verse eight so let's look at that text together solomon writes and says my son do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments. For length of days and years of life and peace they will add to you. Let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart, so you will find favor and good success in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And do not lean on your own understanding in all of your ways. Acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord. Turn away from evil. It will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. Let's pray just for a moment. Father, I pray that you would use this word in our lives tonight that we would not just understand what wisdom is, but that we would receive wisdom. The same way that Solomon is praying for his sons and telling his sons, Father, we pray that the same truth would sink into our hearts as well. We know that that can only happen by your Spirit. So, Spirit, please, open our ears that we might hear. We pray this in the name of our Lord Jesus. All right, so when we look at this text, I'm going to break it into two pieces, really. Uh, the first section, verse 1 down to verse 4, and then I'm going to break it in, in between verse 4 and verse 5. I think the first section, when you really begin to kind of look at what he's saying, <clears throat> I, want to, I want to kind of use two words to describe what, what Solomon is saying. The first is, is remember. It's remember. The second word in the, the second section is trust, right? So when we look at that passage again, look look back with me. He tells them to remember. Look what he says in verse 1. He says, <clears throat> my son, do not forget my teaching. Now, that's just a negative way of saying the same thing. Remember, right? Don't forget. Now, there's a lot of things that happen in our lives, right? I don't know if you guys are like me, but, like, life is just busy. I mean, you've got all kinds of things happening. you got, you know, you've got family that you're taking care of. And I don't know about you guys, but... This week is incredible for me. I have a renewed appreciation for my wife. She's gone for three days, and I don't want anybody to leave this room whispering any kind of, wow, Luke had a rough time, because, you know, I want her to be able to do this again, but she is amazing. I mean, I love my children, but wow. When I walked in here tonight, I thought, so this is what it feels like when I see that expression on her face when she walks in on Wednesday night. And it's like a, oh, adult time. <laughs> yeah, like I know what that feels like now. So anyway, we're all busy, right? We have stuff happening in our lives. And whether it's work, whether it's, whether it's family, uh, whether it's, it's your studies, you know, or, or other, other, other things that you have going on, it's really easy to forget the commandments. It's really easy to forget what it is that God has said to you. It's really easy to forget what it is that God has called you to do, and and just generally, what has He called us all to do? To be Christians, right? He has He has brought us from death to life. He's transferred us from the kingdom of Satan to the kingdom of His beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, and He's given us a mission. That mission is in the in Matthew twenty-eight, the Great Commission, right? We're to go make disciples. Baptizing them, teaching them everything that Jesus told us, and so that's just the general reality for all of us. We have a lot going on, but it's really easy to forget. And so what Solomon is saying is, if you want to know true wisdom, then you need to remember. You have to remember. Now, notice what he says here. I thought this was very interesting. He says, "He says, but let your heart keep my commandments." He says. Remember the teaching. Don't forget my teaching. But let your heart keep my commandments. Now, does anybody else find that interesting? He doesn't say, just do it. It's not like a Nike slogan. It's just, just do what you're supposed to do. No, he's actually talking about the heart. How often in the Old Testament do we just, we just assume that if people, if they did the right things, God would be happy? Or at least that's what we would think that they thought. If they would just do the right things, God would be pleased. In fact, we, kinda, we meet that with Jesus on the Sermon on the Mount. right? Jesus is kind of overturning all of this for them. He's saying, it's not just about the things that you're doing on the outside, but it's the inside that really matters. It's the heart. And here's Solomon speaking from thousands of years away. He says, it's about the heart, guys. It's not just about getting up in the morning and reading your Bible. It's not just about getting up in the morning and saying nice things to your spouse or going to work and not being a thief or whatever. It's more than the outsides. It's the insides. It's the heart that matters. He says, let your heart keep my commandments. And it's really important because, I mean, look at the result. He says, for the length of your days and the years of your life and peace, they will add to you. So, living a life that is wise, that doesn't mean that we are guaranteed we won't get hit by a bus when we pull out off onto Taylorsville Road tonight. But it does mean that there are some general pleasant, generally pleasant and good and wholesome things that will happen in our lives as a result of being commandment followers. It says length of days if you are knowing what God has said, if you are applying and doing what God has said, then you'll live longer. And not only will you just live longer, but you'll live longer. Richer. You'll really, really live. You'll have peace because you're in right relationship with God. Now look what he says in verse verse 3. He says, and this is the same thing. He said, remember, let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you. But he says, instead, bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. So you will find favor and good success in the sight of God and man. I just love metaphors. He says, Steadfast love and faithfulness. Don't let, them, don't let them leave. He says, bind them. Bind them around your neck. Now, do you ever forget things? Raise your hand. All of us do. Doesn't matter your age. We all forget things. I'm horrible at remembering things. In fact, if it's not written down in my calendar or written down on my to-do list, it doesn't happen. And you can't, I mean, in reality, you can't actually put grab your keys before you walk out the door on your to-do list, because you're never really going to look at it when it comes time to walk out the door, right? But every single day, everyone that's in my life that is very close, uh, that's with me on a daily basis, Cameron, he's nodding and he knows that this is true. I cannot walk out of a building without having to come back to it, Right? So whether it's coming out of the house to go to my car, to go to work, or to, to, go, to walk over to, to go to work here, or to leave to go to the seminary, whatever it is, I'll walk out the door, i have forgotten something. It will usually be my keys, or my sunglasses, or my wallet. One of those three things. I forget things all the time. And I, I, I'm always kind of thinking, would it be easier if I had one, either one, if I had like a BMW with a push-button starter, or... Just a necklace I could wear with all of the things around my neck, right? Binding them around my neck so I wouldn't forget them. And those things are trivial. But imagine the commandments of God. What he's saying is, don't walk out the door without them. Don't go to work without remembering the commandments. Don't go to school without remembering what God has said. Don't go hang out with your friends before remembering what God has said to you. Bind them around your neck. Bind them around your neck. What's the next thing he says? Another metaphor. He says, write them on the tablet of your heart. One of the best ways to remember something is to write it down. Right? If you want to remember something that someone has said to you, whether it's a phone message or whether it's a sermon... What do you do? You write it down. What he's saying is, write down the commandments. Write down the truth of God's word. Now that may be literal for you, it may be something that you do on a regular basis. Every morning as you get up and you have that devotional time with the Lord, you are writing out in your prayer journal the things that God has said through His Word, by His Spirit, to you that morning. And as you're doing that, those things are becoming ingrained in you. Or maybe it's, it's, more, it's more than just the physical, the writing it out by hand. Maybe it's the meditating on God's Word. As you meditate on God's Word, as you're thinking about what He has said the promises that he has made, the truth that he has explained in his scriptures, you're tattooing it in your soul. Maybe that's what's, what he's talking about. But whatever he's saying, he's saying, don't forget. For heaven's sake, don't forget the commandments if you want to be wise. And he says the results are good. He says you will find favor and good success. And not just with people, but with God. So the first section he's talking about remembering, remembering the commandments. Now a more active element, trusting in the Lord. This is the verse that we're all very familiar with. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. In all of your ways, every single way, acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil and it will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. He says, trust. Trust in the Lord. This is the covenantal name of God here. It's all the caps. Yahweh. Trust in the one who has covenanted with you. Trust in the Lord, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. With all of your heart. There's so much to unpack here. What do you think of when you think of the word trust? What happens? Trust. What pops in your head? Trust, yeah. Like those crazy things youth used to do. You stand on a wall, and we'll show you whether or not we like you. Yeah, I remember those trust exercises. Clancy's looking at me like, "Who did this?" Okay. What else? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Reliance. All of it. Yeah. I think sometimes we think about trusting as just being kind of something that, that we, we believe. It's kind of like when we say we believe in Jesus. We ask people to trust in him to be their Lord and Savior. What in the world does that mean? Is that just kind of an intellectual agreement with the truth and facts of what Jesus did with his life? That he died, that he was buried, that he was raised, that he ascended, that he'll return. Just saying, yeah, I agree with that. I think that's true. I don't think so. I think the word trust here, it means more than just an agreement about certain things. But I think it's, it's a blending of all of those things that you were saying. It is a reliance. Um, maybe not the crazy trust exercises, Grant. But I mean, it, it has a blending of all those things. When, when, I, when I try to explain to people what it means to really trust in Jesus, I usually use a chair as, a, as an example. Right? So I look at this chair here, and I say, you know, this chair... It's a good chair. I mean, it's even got a pad on it. So, I mean, it's a good chair. And I, I look at the chair, and it looks, I mean, it does look very stable. You know, everything seems to work on it appropriately. Um, I bet that it could probably even hold up my weight. So, I I, mean, I agree intellectually that this, this chair is a good chair, that it could hold me up. But it's not until this point that I'm actually trusting it. That I'm leaning upon, that I'm relying upon it. Trusting involves some sort of active, deliberate resting in that object of trust. And that's what he's saying here. Trust in the Lord. How much? All of it. All of your heart. Every single piece. Every bit. Rest upon God. That's what he's saying. Then now notice verse 6. He says, In all of your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. And what does that mean? We say that oftentimes when we read it, or when we say it, when we're rehearsing it. In all of your ways... Acknowledging. I mean, we think we we really... Everything we have is ours. Most of us don't. We live like that, even if we wouldn't actually say it out loud. You know, we can look at our checkbooks or we can look at our calendars. We live as though what we have is ours. And... What he's saying here is not just simply that, you know, that John 3.16 at the football game kind of acknowledgement, you know. It's not just the, you know, Tim Tebow kind of, you know, praying before and after. It's more than that. What he's saying is that every single thing in all of your ways. How many many ways do you have? (laughs) Lots. Not just the routes you take to get to work and back, but in every single aspect of your life, every way that is in you, he says, acknowledge him. Look to him. And in truth, just glorify God. That's what he's saying. Acknowledge him. Glorify him because every single thing belongs to God, whether you think it does or not. So you want to be wise? Trust in the Lord. You want to be wise? Glorify God with every fiber of your being. With everything about who you are. Then he talks about results again. And he'll make you' straight. He'll make your paths straight. He will lead you in that right direction. Remember Psalm 23. What does the good shepherd do? He leads us. He guides us. Yeah. The next element of this whole idea of trusting, verse seven. He says, "Be not wise in your own eyes, and instead, fear the Lord." And turn away from evil. It says humility. Don't be proud. You can't trust and be proud. You can't say, "I'm going to uh, sit down in this chair and trust that it will hold me up and try to do one of those crazy things you did in you know. That doesn't work. Your legs get tired. That's not trusting. Why? Because I'm saying I can do the chair's job better than it can. That's exactly right. Don't be wise in your own eyes. But be humble. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. And all of this, when we think about remembering, we think about trusting in the Lord... We have to remember that there are results to this. God doesn't just tell us to do these things knowing that life is just going to end in a train wreck. No, He loves us. He knows exactly what is the best for us. And what is best for us is following the commandments. What is best for us is looking to Christ, the one who is the author and perfecter of our faith, it's trusting in him. It's remembering what he has done, what he has called us to be a part of, and then trusting that the things that God has said really are true. And they will give us life and peace. And the results are good. Look what he says in verse 8. He says, It will be healing to your flesh. Healing to your flesh. Refreshment. To your bones. I have needed those words of late. Don't try to be wise in your own eyes. True wisdom only comes by fearing the Lord. And when when we fear the Lord, we remember what it is that He said. And when we remember what it is He has said, we trust in what He has done. We rest in him. We acknowledge who he is and what he has done. We humble ourselves before him. And he says to us, it will be healing to your flesh. It will be refreshment to your bones. Let's pray. Father, I pray that these words from Solomon would sink deep inside our hearts I thank you for the opportunity to speak them tonight pray that you would help us to be a wise people a people that that just we don't just know certain things about you or about what you have said but we do those things We see you modeling for us what it is that you have done and we would want to join in. Lord, let us be those kinds of people. Help us to remember the commandments that you've given to us and help us to trust you. We pray in Jesus' name.